Hey everybody, welcome to the Tomato Tomato Podcast. It's a podcast about movies and how they're reviewed and how they are awarded in certain cases. Um, I'm Jenna, one of your usual suspects, and joining me as always is my co-host. Chris, the other suspect. You sound so thrilled. You're just like, Chris. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so the Oscars happened on Sunday. You probably knew that. Honestly, if you care enough to seek out our podcast and you heard our last episode, you know that. So, but yeah, they happened on Sunday. And uh, I would say I don't, I, I'm still kind of processing it a little bit because I, the big winner, I, I can't tell if it was an upset or it. That's or the, a, it's so weird. It, yeah. It, it was such a toss up. Like, even if you go back and listen to our last episode, you know, we talked at length about who we thought was going to win and what every movie's chances were. And we didn't have a concrete answer. It was all kind of a toss up, really. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think no one did. I think all of the speculation for Best Picture was kind of it could go five different ways, depending on how the Academy, like how the wind is blowing that particular day, basically. But yeah, I honestly, I don't necessarily see it as like a big upset. No, I, 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 I think it. it it is a surprise and sometimes, and if you don't know what we're talking about, we're obviously talking about The Shape of Water. Yeah. Um, I think it, it is a surprise that it won because it's a genre movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but even then, I think if like Get Out won, that would still be a huge thing because it, just because of what the movie is. And I, I watched it Sunday before the Oscars and it's, fucking great i'm gonna watch um, it sometime this week so we can cover it <laughs> so if that one i i would have been happy like i i still haven't seen shape of water yet i really need to but i'm such a fan of del toro mm -hmm. and he's done so many great movies that it this was well deserved and kind of overdue exactly that's kind of my mindset with it is like i i'm very happy that everyone involved with the shape of water kind of got their because like, everyone in that cast is like truly underrated but really fucking great people. Yeah. Like I mean that's like everything Doug Jones does fits into that category. It's so weird like seeing him interviewed on red carpets and stuff and being like they're actually taking him seriously now. Like, they, <laughs> they know who he is. They know who he is and they don't just know that oh some weird guy does the visual effects for all this stuff. And like, yeah, every, every yeah. like mainstream, they all slept on him, but like us, we we yeah, knew we, who we, we was. We'd, we've known, and like even Michael Shannon is one of those people where it's like he's always just like underrated as hell, and like Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer, like all of the people in this movie, like Del Toro just kind of populated it with a cast of people who kind of needed, like they deserved this shot sort of yes and it, it makes me happy that this movie is the one that did it i it's kind of weird because it i've seen people online kind of hating that this was a like that this one i think people are i, I i'm hating sex of the internet because they're just boiling this movie down to fish, sex. fish monster sex yeah exactly when they're missing no i i know i said i haven't seen it but i know what the movie is about in like the undertones of the movie about uh, there's a character who is uh, gay and in the closet there's 
all these racial undertones, all this. The main character is mute. Like... Mute. Like there's all this representation and meaning behind it, but people just kind of boil it down to fish sex. And that's really doing a disservice to the movie. Like, yes, Get Out does have social relevance, but it doesn't. These movies do it in different ways. Exactly. And I think. Like we that... talked about before, like it doing genre movies, sci-fi fantasy, it, it's a good way to kind of slyly put those things in there. Exactly. Well, and I feel like, I don't know, the people, like, the, the thing that I see of people hating on this is basically, like, th like we said, the fish sex thing, and then just kind of like, well, why didn't Get Out win because of the significance of it? And I do, I don't think that Get Out needed to win to still have the significance that it is going to have and already has. And, like, it, it will be the one movie out of this awards cycle that everyone will remember 10 years from now and yes. 10 years from now and so no on. No one's going to remember... Uh, Three billboards. And, yeah, or Darkest Hour. We're going to remember yeah. I already Get Out. about Darkest Hour, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, like, Get Out is going to be the thing that is, like, a flashpoint in our culture. And, like... And it, it's the movie that really put Jordan Peele on the map. Yeah, but, like, I, I feel like you can you can you can have wanted get out to win without knocking shape of water yes. because there's so much that shape of water has going for it. And just the fact that del Toro like has deserved like he's yeah. been working I, for a longer than I have been alive. Yeah. That's uh, del Toro has been making movies for a very long time. And this is Jordan Peele's first movie. So yeah, he will have plenty of more chances yeah, he he to will to win he awards. Will get, Not that he's in it for the awards. No, but he will he will make something that will get an Oscar and will get all of the Oscars. Like he like it will win Best Picture and he will finally get Best Director and all of that sort of stuff. But this is just so early. And not that it's late in Del Toro's career, but it's just like he has made so many things that should have gotten that yes. sort of recognition that I'm glad that he finally is. And I'm glad that now there's like a whole audience of people who now are curious to see what he's going to do and that like his name is now a selling point whereas it, it would be like if you put like oh he's the director of pan's labyrinth or whatever on a trailer the people who are really niche and like keep up with his stuff would obviously know that but like that wouldn't necessarily win over like the mainstream audiences yeah uh and then while we're talking about the the male directors. I, yeah. Emma Stone. <laughs> I, you're a good actress when you're not white, white washing roles, but <laughs> I get what she was doing when she said, four guys in Greta Gerwig. I really, I like, I get what she was doing, but it, it was the wrong time to do it when you have Guillermo del Toro, yeah. an immigrant, uh, uh, minority and then jordan peele another poc director like you're casting that aside for your stupid white feminism well, stop like, that yeah i i think like i liked the sentiment of what she said yeah. i do think like the oscars are in a process of figuring out what intersectionality means i feel like yeah. that is a big takeaway for, I, for like the oscar i feel for a lot of them it's all or nothing like there's no in between no intersectionality like you're saying yeah, yeah but i feel like we've we, 
like we've started to get to a point where even the discussions are being had. And I feel like in the years to come, things will get a little bit better in terms of what is like what is being said and who isn't being cast aside for the sake of making a joke and whatever. Cause yeah, in that case, it was like, I, I, I got what she was saying in terms of the, the Greta Gerwig thing. And I do think that there are other female directors that should have been in that category, like good Lord, but it's just, it, it did boil down something into something that was like overly simple when it's yeah. really more nuanced and like, it's, it's, yeah. To continue that kind of rant, like Francis McDormand, yeah, going off about having uh, an inclusion writer, yeah, it's funny because Three Billboards is all fucking white except I for know. maybe one POC, and the like. The definition of an inclusion writer is everyone working on that has to be fifty percent either female or peers, POC. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> and no Cohen brother. Yeah, my hand, how many POCs have been in Coen Brother movies. Um, oh God, you're right. I was like, I was trying to think of something, but then I got it confused with a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> Wes, <laughs> Wes Anderson puts more POCs in his movies than the Coen Brothers. Yeah. A surprising thing, honestly. Yes. But, but no, the thing is, is that I don't think she was saying that as like, hey, this is a thing that I did on the movie that I won for. She literally, she said in an interview that she just found out what, that, what the inclusion writer was last week. And so... <sighs> And she was kind of like, I'm ashamed of the fact that I don't know what it is and that so many other people don't know what it is. And so that's why I'm going to use my okay. to bring it up. Okay, well, that's so, good. Because, yeah. like, it, I, I'm, I'm glad you added the part where she just discovered it and is ashamed. Because yeah. I was just like, you've been working in this industry for how long? But, yeah, it's like a thing that not a lot of people necessarily know. Like, no, having it said back to me, I realized this is an industry that's dominated by white dudes so no surprise that no one knew about the inclusion writer well, and i like i i do think as much as i am sick of three billboards as much as i'm just ready for that movie to just fade the fuck away and just be crash of this year like i i do give her credit after seeing her give so many weird acceptance speeches this award season the fact that she had like this final one to do and that she like made it into a moment that wasn't about her and that yeah. like and that she kind of met like i mean she didn't necessarily mention it outright but the fact of like i'm going to be in this movie that's really kind of offensive and rubbing people the wrong way but i now have learned since making that movie and i want the industry to be more inclusive like i i commend her for that a lot like way more than i was ever expecting Same. yeah uh and then going like shape of water going back to that it won a lot of technical awards <laughs> dunkirk won a lot of technical awards which Brian i got his due for blade runner finally I, after 14 nominations which i know like i was i was ranting to my family i'm like roger jenkins needs this because blah 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 and then they were like okay sure whatever and then he wins and then they say the thing of like this is 14th yeah 14th nomination and first win and my mom is like oh my god like <laughs> That seriously is way too long, but yeah, I'm like whoever in the academy is listening to our podcast and has thank heard, you has heard us preach about giving Patrick Deakins an Oscar for like the past six months, like thank you. <laughs> but yeah, technical awards and stuff. Yeah, because I, I I totally thought for a second after Dunkirk won what was it two or three of the technical yeah. awards that it was kind of telegraphing more wins for it. Yeah. Uh, it turned maybe like a uh, best director 
Yeah, it. I don't, I not that not that I'm saying I wanted him to have it. I feel like sometimes that happens. Yeah, it's such a weird thing because there there are a lot of things in this award season that are normally like, oh well, when this happens, then that movie usually wins Best Picture, and then that didn't happen. Yeah, like Get Out won it, like the Spirit Awards, and then they were like, oh, that means it's going to win Best Picture. That didn't happen. But so it's like I it I don't know. It's just kind of interesting because those trends this is like one of the few years where the trends don't necessarily line up, but, and I feel like Dunkirk was an example of that in a way. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm content with the awards that it got. I don't think that it deserved all of the awards that it got yeah. but at the same time. It's like Nolan just puts so much into what he's doing that I'm, I am glad that the technical aspects of it got attention. Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, Gary Oldman won, which it seems like a lazy choice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like he's he's a good actor. I don't think there were stronger performances this year. Well, and so here's my thing about intersectionality. I'm like, okay, so this this was obviously like for as much as the Times Up and Me Too stuff kind of permeated into the awards. I do think that. And, like, this is just the first year of it. I do think it will get better and more nuanced over the course of time. But, like, preaching that and then having Gary Oldman and Kobe Bryant, which is such a weird thing to say that Kobe Bryant has a fucking Oscar. But, yes. like, having having both of them win when they both are, have been public about the fact that they, like, are horrible to women and there's, like, evidence of it and all that stuff is, is I mean, like, it's just a weird kind of mixed messaging sort of thing, but I'm hoping that people will learn from that and not have that happen in the future. Cause yeah. yeah. It, it, it was such a lazy choice and the Oscars are still very much so white. <laughs> we, like you're saying, we're in that transitional phase. Yeah. Where we're kind of uh, whitewashing in terms of getting the white out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, I even honestly, if Daniel Day Lewis had gotten Best Actor, I wouldn't have been mad. I would have been like, okay, this is what I'd expect. Like, exactly. Yeah. Let him do it. And then, and, then we, and then we would have just moved on. Yeah. He'll, he'll move on and be a shoe cobbler. And then we'll just move on to the next thing. But like, giving Gary Oldman a thing when A, he's a horrible person, and B, so much of his performance was just let me put on a shit ton of makeup and then like blubber around like an idiot. Like that doesn't necessarily mean Oscar worthy. I, I feel like every British actor has a Churchill and it, it's so, they're also derivative. Yeah. Like, who, like the, who cares? I also found it funny that um, in the, the little reels that they played for <laughs> darkest hour and Dunkirk, it, they used the same goddamn lines from I that speech. Well, it's like you couldn't find another clip well, no, to play. They're both in the trailers. Like the. I know, but still, like just to like. Yeah, it's fucking. It's weird because like I had seen Dunkirk, and then the like promotional campaign for Darkest Hour had started, and I just like hear him giving the same speech, and I'm like, what? This is weird. Like it's almost like the people who edited the trailers did that on purpose so that people would realize, oh hey, it's about the same exact thing. But I'm just. I'm yeah. just kind of over these white period pieces. Well, and like the Oscars is so full of them. Like, can we move on? Well, and like my to something thinking, else. My, my thinking is like if you if you look at Dunkirk and Darkest Hour as like two sides of the same coin, I 
at least commend Dunkirk, even though it is so white, it is very confusing, but it is very <laughs> well done. And the whole focus of it is largely on like the common men that were in that situation. Yeah. And like, I think that those war movies and period pieces and stuff are way more interesting as opposed to like the strategy, like oversight of just all of the people that we already know from history. And so like, Darkest Hour is just like, okay, you're you're making this movie that is just about like someone just ordering a bunch of attacks and shit. And then it's also a person who in real life was like horrible to people of color and like has a whole history of that. And yet you're kind of elevating him for the sake of telling this story when Nolan did it and did not ever include Churchill. He literally just has like one of the people read his his speech off of a newspaper at the end of the movie. And I thought that that was kind of a more interesting way of doing it. Yeah, that's it is white Nolan movies are he he took the right approach. I think yeah, having you sit I think my problem with all these uh white period pieces is that it kind of uh canonizes I, I can't find the right word uh, but kind of rewrites history to make these white guys seem better than they actually were greatest showman <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like it yeah i just uh, and i feel horrible by the way i hate that this is the situation where like the only award that it was nominated for was best original song when like the the, the lady that sang the song for that did a really good job i get that that song is resonating with people i'm just i hate that it's in this associated like, with that movie. horrible fan fiction revisionist <laughs> history bullshit of a movie like, if that song was just its own song or was in any other musical, I would not be ragging on it at all. But it's just like, I'm, I was frustrated that I, like, I, I didn't want to be a horrible person being on Twitter, like, yes, Greatest Showman lost. But like, <laughs> I had to be because I didn't want it to win because of what the movie is as its own thing. But that's because, like, the revisionist history thing is so weird that it still is happening. Yeah. It's so prevalent in all of these period pieces. And I get that you have to do it to an extent, but it's like, I don't know, the ways that certain like h historical movies completely miss the mark like that is really interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I'm trying to think. I was going to say the other places that missed the mark were uh, the going back to technical awards, Baby Driver was yeah. robbed. God. How you really, people not, need to uh, people need to experience that movie with a really good sound system. Yeah. Or like watch with headphones. <laughs> that reminds me, I saw a tweet last night that or on Sunday that was like, I'm watching Dunkirk the way that Christopher Nolan intended, and it was like on an iPod Nano. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, it Baby Driver is one of those movies that like begs being seen in a proper setting. Like you cannot just like occasionally watch it. You have to be like actively appreciating everything that's going on. Yes. And I just I don't know. This is it's so weird to me how like a couple of years ago I never gave a shit about like the sound categories, but this year like all of the nominees that I had seen used sound in a really interesting way to the point where I'm like, oh, fuck, I really am invested in his <laughs> awards because they, like, The Last Jedi, Baby Driver, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, I'm sure did it really well. Like, yeah. it's kind of funny to be like, I really give a shit about this. And it's the one category that everyone's like, wait, what? 
but yeah. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, what what were the other kind of big winners? Um, I thought I thought Kimmel did an a good job. Yeah. Did fine. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I liked him better than I have in past years. And like, yeah. I think there have certainly been worse hosts, honestly. Like, he's no Billy Crystal. Oh, dear God. But no, like, he, he's good at what he does, which is like being a crowd pleaser while still being kind of like biting and like getting kind of, I don't know, a little more underground with his jokes occasionally here and there. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I thought that he, he has did. mass appeal. Yeah. And like, <laughs> That's okay. Right. Everyone hated the let's all surprise the people in the movie theater thing, which like, okay, in execution, it was a clusterfuck, but but everyone that showed up was like people that we stand really hard. So I'm yes. just like, God bless. I didn't mind. Like everyone who, like normally it's like, oh, okay, I don't give a shit about this person. But, and I guess it's a testament to like who is popular now that like every single person that stood up for that, I'm like, oh fuck, I love, I love that person. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman are holding hands. Ah! Like it just, all of it was just really like ridiculous and really fun. Cause Army Hammer shot a hot dog cannon. Yes, he did. While sick with the flu. I'm like, oh, honey. Bless him. In a, in a really snazzy yes. velvet suit. Yes. But I'm like, don't get people sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> hot dog cannon. But, but yeah, it, like, I, I even thought that that bit was enjoyable for as much of a mess as it was. It was. But there, there have definitely been worse bits yeah. on the Oscars. Yeah. But also, like, it, I, I want tiffany haddish to host next year because <laughs> even just her one little moment presenting was so good that like everyone on twitter was just like okay can she just host the rest of it right while kimmel just sits and watches <laughs> in time with a bunch of donors but yeah it's just like I, I i do think that they in the future could definitely strive to not only pick white men and to yeah. like to have women hosts because I can't remember the last time I think Ellen was the last female. Yeah, because I mean we had uh, Amy and Tina host the Golden Globes a few years ago. Yeah, but that, that was like the closest we've gotten. Yeah, and like I, I just feel like there are better strives to be made in terms of hosting, in term like as opposed to just kind of like let's do like a Russian roulette of all of the late night hosts sort of, and then pick Yeah, I'm surprised that, I know he said he's opposed to it, uh, but like Hardwick, <laughs> he's he's the kind of person that everyone is aware of and knows and is very likable. I about everyone. That's true. Like, yeah, I feel like if he was on, a if it was an award show on AMC, he would be like, hell yeah, I'm down, and they <laughs> would get him to host, but like, he's even just the fact that he's like presented on the Emmys a couple of times is like a crazy thing to me. And so I think he could get to the point where people know enough about him. That would be kind of weird. Cause then it's like, we knew him, like we've known him before he was cool, but like, I don't know. It is just kind of interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's weird that he's gone mainstream. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And, and he's doing, he's making things get mainstream. We were just talking before this started about the whole Vero Instagram thing. But <sighs> yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what else there is to say. That's all I can remember. I'm trying to think. Um, 
like I know there's something else. Uh, I mean, we've covered the technical awards, the big winners. Um, I mean, like when like our last episode, we kind of talked about it, and all of the acting categories were so easily telegraphed. Like everyone kind of knew going in. Okay, yeah. Sam Rockwell, Allison Janney. Gary Oldman, Francis McDormand, which like I don't like the fact that it was all old white people, but yep. I'm just gonna pretend that Rockwell won for Moon. Yep, yep, that's what I've been like since he won at the Globes. That's what I've been saying. Where I'm like, okay, you deserved it for that and not for Three Pills. Yes. <laughs> but like Alice and Janney wholeheartedly deserved it for Best Supporting. Although it was funny seeing everyone, everyone I know who has seen Lady Bird was like, don't make us choose between Alice and Janney and Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that she, like, she is, it's the only one of those four movies that, or three movies technically that I have seen, but yeah. she, like, she definitely deserved it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, it was just kind of, I, I was pleasantly surprised with how the awards went as a whole where it was a lot of things that were expected and then some things that were delightfully unexpected. Yeah, it it was a positive mixed bag. Yeah, definitely. And like we've said, in terms of like representation and equality and all that sort of stuff, I do think this is like a good step in the right direction. It's a good first yeah. step. It's not like the perfect thing. Yeah, it, it, it's not going to happen. It's like, oh, we turned on a dime and all of a sudden all your favorite POCs and uh, women are nominated for everything. It's it's gradual. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, Francis was saying that uh, the people in charge need to start listening to these uh, POCs and women and start hiring them. Yeah. And giving them work so they can be nominated. Yeah, well, and like even that whole little segment in the middle where it was like interviewing everyone about representation and stuff, and like Kumail's whole thing about like I've watched white people in movies and related to them my entire life. White now people you get to watch do. my movie and relate to me. Like I, I loved that that was even being highlighted and like yes. that that whole conversation was being had because the the more mouth breathery people who are just watching this because it's the Oscars and because they've maybe seen one or two films, but they don't really keep up with film are going to hopefully listen to yes. that whole conversation. Because oddly enough, the Oscars are a good platform for that. Yeah. It like, it, it's a good way to kind of reach a, a larger audience, which is making me really happy. But yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. For for me, in terms of like what that's all I got. I also literally just woke up. I rolled out of bed, <laughs> got coffee, and we hit record. So there is a lot of brain power that is not being used. <laughs> but, but um, where can the people find you? I was just about to ask you that. Okay, right. um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all of that at Hey It's Jenalyn. Where can the people find you? Uh, all the social media is at the Chris Fido. You can find us uh, on on Twitter and Facebook uh, at Tomato Tomato Pod, uh, Tomato Tomato Pod at gmail.com. Uh, that's all of our socials. So email us, tweet us, leave us iTunes reviews, pretty please. Send us um, a message in the bottle, <laughs> like yeah, like we'll take whatever. I, I've been trying to think of some little like 
contest or like if you re- leave a review, I'll like wrap your review on the podcast or something. I don't know, but something to motivate you people. Please to leave a review. Let that be it. Let that be it. Please. Good Lord, <laughs> well, I well, want the people that. have to leave reviews for us first. I know, but I'm just saying, like now that they know what is in in it for them, I feel like that might be a selling point. <laughs> Hopefully, it works. Oh. Um, yeah, that wraps it up for us. I think yeah. we can close up the plug bag. Hey, um, <laughs> second week in a row. But but yeah, um, we, as I kind of mentioned earlier, we will hopefully be covering Get Out later this week. You will get a bonus episode. Bonus. I'll just all the CBB references. Just <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, until next time, keep watching movies. Bye. Bye. Don't watch Bright. Not Bright. (laughs) For three billboards. Yeah. All right.